0: episodes one through five all of that right after these ads we don't have any control over
1: you're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole plan your journey at visit mississippi.org outdoor adventure mississippi wanderers welcome
2: there's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun but to the smoking tire the s-curve and the spin turn and if you ride it make sure you do it in a dodge charger challenger or durango because on this highway the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons welcome to highway 93
0: dodge is a registered trademark Along, if you know the words, a one, two, three—it's time for animation deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, welcome back. This is Animation Deliberation. It's the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. My name's Jay Scotty Saint Clair, and I am joined by a couple of great guys. My co-host Zuhair as well as a frequent collaborator here, Brian V. Klein, a.k.a. BVK. How you guys doing?
1: doing pretty good. Glad to be back on the mic after so long.
0: Good to have you back, yeah.
2: It's a wonderful Sunday morning here. Glad to talk about this show.
0: Right on, right on. Okay, and before we dive into our coverage of these exciting first five episodes, we do want to highlight uh, the bloodline of this show what brings us back every week and that is you our listeners and the feedback and the reviews that you provide for us so Zuhair, we have another five-star review from one of our wonderful pandas what do we have this week
1: all right so this one is from mr dandy boy 19 six on the night of the debut of the final episode of invincible i binged through all eight episodes in one night The day after I found myself asking the podcast gods to give me a podcast, I had all eight episode reviews ready for my long commute to work and the countless hours I work alone in an effort to keep my house and family safe from the recent world terrors of COVID in a similar fashion. (laughs) I binged all of your invisible, invincible review and now have followed you to guests from the other shows like Bat batch.
2: Awesome.
0: Awesome. That's great to hear. Uh, Invincible was a hell of a lot of fun to cover so I'm glad we did it, and uh, we will be covering, you know, a, a lot of great shows here. And uh, for those listening that uh, have been following us from the beginning, I, I do want to mention we started this show with Young Justice. Fear not. Young Justice Season 2 will be dropping very soon. I've I've um, talked to some of my mentors in the podcast space. I had my reservations about doing too many things concurrently, just a little peek behind the scenes, but... Young Justice Season 2 will be coming.
1: I'm glad we could be a gift from the gods.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, Brian, you and I already had the opportunity on the first official live episode of Animation Deliberation. We we were joined by Matt Carroll and discussed Episode 1, but I wanted to give Zuhair an opportunity to kind of give his impressions on the premiere episode
1: of this show. So, Zuhair, what you got? I was whelmed I guess I didn't have like too high of expectations for the show to begin with so I was I was mildly entertained like it was fun to watch it has some good one-liners and um yeah it was entertaining but it didn't like quite give me the urge to like hit next right away I was like all right that's fun um what what else do I need to catch up on now <laughs>
0: Well, I think that's a fair assessment, and just kind of seeing the initial impressions of the show, it'll be interesting to see what kind of feedback we get on the the season overall. But uh, for my for my purposes, I'm I'm definitely enjoying it. It doesn't necessarily have the high stakes of some of the other series we've tackled, but it's a it's a hell of a good time for, for me. Uh, but with that out of the way, let's go ahead and just like cover these uh, first few episodes that consisted of this this first half of the season and uh is it, your spoiler warning let's go ahead and get that out of the way if it wasn't obvious by the intro and the title of this episode yeah we're we're diving right in um yeah so hopefully you've watched and if not come back after you've watched so um let's just uh let's let's talk about the characters and and favorite moments and and did you guys have a favorite episode out of these these first five episodes?
2: I definitely had a favorite moment. Um, oh, sure. <laughs> I think I know what that, <laughs> that <was> the, is. <laughs> that was the one where you, uh, you messaged me saying, hey, have you seen episode three yet? I'm like, nope, I'm going to watch it soon. And then I wrote back and I said, I've watched that intro like five times because it is so glorious. And what I'm referring to is the... Uh, little uh, never-ending story dream sequence that MODOK had when he was flying uh, Fin Fang Foom who was one of my favorite Marvel characters like he was the luck dragon in that scene where yeah. he was just like <laughs> oh my god this is so awesome and then he wakes up and I'm like I kind of figured that but start over the show again I watched it like four or five times it was so fun
1: <laughs> I was unfamiliar with who or what that was so when I saw that it was like a green creature with purple shorts I was like is this Hulk as a dragon
2: like what is going on <laughs> <laughs> now he was actually intro- He was in uh, the first episode a bit when they go to his uh, the Fing Feng Foom's Farm Fresh whatever restaurant I think yeah, he yeah, was the yeah. dragon waiter so he's just one of those characters who has a lot of uh, he's got a really cool backstory and stuff like that but it's I mean for the comic purposes he u- was used in this series has been uh, pretty fun Interesting.
1: Yeah I, I was listening to y'all's initial cast and I kept hearing that name but then i just kind of got you know laser focused on watching and it was an afterthought of like who was the one that bbk kept talking about was it the hulk dragon
2: <laughs> it was the hulk <laughs> dragon yeah i'm just gonna call him hulk yeah. dragon from now on
1: <laughs> yeah
0: Now i've been a uh, pretty pleasantly delighted by how they're able to like plant these obscure seeds like um not only Fin Fang Foom we've got yeah you mentioned we got that that reference earlier on uh, but i have to ask you as, as somebody that's a little more versed in the with the comics do modok and fin fang foom do they f- frequently collaborate is there a reason that he was uh brought up as as often as he was not that it was a major through line
2: no not that not that i could recall much of but i just think it was you know meant as just a an easy comic relief i mean there, since none of this has okay. really any uh you know pertinence to the mcu as a whole it's just you know picking two characters you would never think would team up and here you go and it was just funny it was just and it was it was uh i was so happy when i saw it too so
1: i like things like that where it's like the the comic book fans can appreciate that moment and the people who don't read comics like myself just kind of see that it's just kind of like what is going on like it is entertaining it gave me a chuckle but like I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily missing out on anything, but it still like provides something to the scene.
2: Mm. And the one yeah, thing I think yeah. this show has done good at, has done well was taken. I mean, it, the fact is that some of the characters that were introduced in this season with Fin Fang Foom, which is a, a totally obscure character, almost being the more recognizable to me, because when they get that Murderers Row of the like the D list. Oh.
0: Right, 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 yeah.
2: That was just, like, most of those guys, I'm like, I don't even know who these guys are if they're even real bad guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's almost worth, like, kind of breaking down and having a conversation of, it as a, of its own in terms of those, like, D-listers. But even before that, when Modoc went to the, the Soho Lair, mm-hmm. there was a nice little collection of uh, people there, like Mr. Sinister, Leader, I recognized them, but then there was one person I didn't recognize until I looked it up afterwards, but Madame Mask. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Just In addition to that, um, there were some really obscure references in terms of, like, the Seagramites. Like, I'd never heard of the mites, but they were definitely a highlight for me. That was absolutely hysterical, um, seeing them come into the scene and just the way they were voiced and uh, animated was, was pretty hysterical.
2: Oh, yeah. And that was another one, too. It's like I look up, I'm like, are these guys really a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Because like I said, yeah. that whole thing of like the whole armadillo and tenpin and melter and stuff like that is like, I wonder if these were made up and they're like, nope, they're just like it's like uh, <laughs> paste pot Pete who was one of the big bad guys from the Fantastic Four back in the uh, '60s. Like, seriously, that's the best they could come up with.
0: Yeah, didn't he? Uh, didn't he go on to like become known as the Trap Master? Or yeah, something like they that? finally realized okay.
2: that it was just like you know. The, Marvel had to realize back in the day that their their names had to be a little bit more than just what they actually did, you know, have a little bit more inju- like originality to them.
1: God, that yeah. scene was so ridiculous. We like to party, yeah. and wasn't wasn't this like the head of every uh, every like branch that this corporation owned? So like, is there like a mass hiring going on now? Because it seemed like they offed everybody in that. Conference, <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're thinking like
2: of the, the like the the hierarchical uh, fallout of this in like the business side. <laughs> well, like you I know they, they needed to, to the... restructure anyways with
1: like everything coming together, but that's one hell of a way to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you saw what they did to the brood, though. Oh yeah, they, they don't mess around. No. Yeah,
2: they never um. stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, in in terms of the animation, I, there were a couple of times like I was I was really impressed with you know the series being stop animation. They did a fantastic job of like doing some really high octane and bombastic action sequences. Like Modok versus the younger version of himself comes to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Modok versus Monica, the, the the mad scientist fight comes to mind. Um, just really well done. And then um, thinking back on the the time traveling version of Modok. I really love the way they animated those portals. It was like um, the outer rings of them kind of re- almost reminded me of like Rick and Morty, but you could like see the gelatin, like gelatinous fluid, like stuff, like growing and shrinking and what, whatnot. Just super cool.
2: Yeah. I wonder how much of this is a hybrid show, though, where I know a lot of it is to stop motion, but how much they use CGI to fill out the stuff to make it look a little more streamlined, less robot chicken like, and more. Like a like a computer animated thing because there's a lot of those scenes like you said the, the the fight scenes when they're doing the the camera work doing the cut word it's like a like a, almost like a follow-through and then like a reverse it's like that's either takes some gonna take some really you know long time to do it or they just put it in the computer and say let that figure it out
1: yeah that was something I was actively thinking about during the Monica fight because mm-hmm. I, I, try, yeah. I try to watch these episodes like as close to recording time as I can so I watched like three of them last night and I watched one like right before recording so that fight's kind of fresh in my head and being able to switch between like all the weapons that they were using and like the shallow depth of field in and out cuts that they were using like there there was definitely a lot of post work involved naturally but being able to flip between the stop motion and whatever um uh, post work that they wanted to put in was really seamless and it it connected mm-hmm. and worked very well especially when they went into 2D mode and they started writing oh, as yeah. oh, yeah. like, 2D characters <laughs> and then went like right off the screen into their claymation shells again and I was like well done yeah. yeah.
2: you got to yeah. think they did a lot of that because especially with, like, the, the style, I mean, we're going to compare it a lot to Robot Chicken because of the fact that Stupid Monkey does it and Senreich and Green are part of it. But you could tell, mm-hmm. especially with the way the mouths move, are so much different than it is on that show because on the Robot Chicken, it's pretty much just that piece of paper that looks like the mouth's moving on top of the action figure where I'm not right. sure how much the stop. I mean, I think that would just be so painstaking to have to do it like the old, like – uh like Gumby style or the old Rick and bass style where it would take forever to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's worth looking into. And uh, I know we mentioned some of the behind-the-scenes stuff in terms of having, like, Patton Oswald like, in the, the get-up and whatnot. But uh, hopefully that's something, you know, down the line if, if this series is successful enough and uh, popular enough. The fact that it is owned, even though it came out on Hulu, I mean, it, it is all owned by Disney. Maybe there's potential we could get, you know, Behind the scenes series, I'm always open to that kind of stuff, especially with with something that was so well done and and different from anything else we're really seeing out there. Um, hmm. But I, I do want to kind of talk about like what took place during the the course of these episodes in terms of um, you know as much as a lot of these episodes do function as standalone stories, there there is kind of a an overarching arcing through line. Um, in terms of, like, M.O.D.O.K.'s journey with his family and his his position with AIM. So do you guys have any, like, you know, favorite characters at this point, or anybody you're particularly rooting for?
2: Oh, I definitely do. I mean, it's even watching it all the way to the end... I think Lou is probably my favorite character.
1: That's exactly what I was gonna say.
2: That's just oh interesting. It's okay. it, I think it's mainly from the fact that his th- that whole family in itself is just a weird dynamic with how it's the, just the way they have it set up. Where it's there's the, the 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 there's a Jewish side to it. There's a Latino side to it. There's a mix, but it's still like it's still Modoc. So that's just like it's, it, it makes for so much comic relief. But then again, it's also the through line on that is that his wife left him and wants a divorce. So it's yeah. like, wait, wait a second. Where did this come? Cause I remember when we watched that first episode, like, wait a second, this is this, that's part of the storyline. There's ramifications
1: to uh, your bad behavior. What?
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, especially cause he's acting so like he's acting like such a, that he had such toxic masculinity going where it's like, he can't, he feels like he can't be the person that's not the breadwinner and his wife is successful and he's not, you know, happy? Not 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 happy with it, but he doesn't feel comfortable where she was the breadwinner and stuff like that. Where it's like the old 1950s style. But yeah, there is a ramification to it. But the whole fact with the kids, I mean, going back to what you asked, Jay Scotty, with Lou, I mean, with him just trying to find a uh, in the first episode, him just trying to find a an outfit for his bar mitzvah, and they're having yeah. a big A meeting, and he's sitting there feeling the guy's fabrics and stuff. It's like <laughs> it's insane.
1: I loved him. Uh, he's just such a kiss ass to his dad, and you know I was a big fan of Ben Schwartz's character in Parks and Rec, so I'm getting like that vibe. Like he's just playing that character all over again.
2: It's definitely yeah. you get that John Ralph vibe to it. To it, it it's because it, all the the main cast of the family have other roles they're known for.
1: Oh, yeah. So when
2: you hear them talking, it's sort of just like okay, you could see that. You know, part of it again, like with the daughter with Amy Santiago from Brooklyn Nine Nine, it's like mm-hmm. you can you you sort of can't help but see that character and feel that vibe.
1: Yeah, Amy Garcia is probably the only one where it's like I know her character in Lucifer, but she's actually like trying something new, like being the mom character instead of like the giddy child. Um, but okay. but to to stay on Lou for a little bit, like I just love how much of like a kiss ass he is to his dad, but he's like taking advantage of like every opportunity that he can especially when he's in the hotel and he's like i'm milking the shit out of this like what can i get? what's something else that i have not well we have wheelchairs bring them up bring all of them if you can <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> because like Modoc himself just makes me cringe so much like with the toxic masculinity and just the shit that he says is just like oh my god like i would love to just poke one of your giant eyes out which was really satisfying to see when Monica actually did that. (laughs) But I feel like Lou is just kind of like the one like normal thing in the family, just that like in a sense of just kind of like, I'm a happy child and I'm just going to take advantage of whatever I can in this moment. Like, yeah, it's, it's so much fun to watch him whenever he comes on screen. This is so ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the fact that you guys bring up, um, you know the fact that we do have this character of Modoc he is ob- he's obviously one of the like least likable characters as great a job as Pat Oswald is doing and he's carrying the show in terms of like just the amount of dialogue he's delivering um, I I just do continue to appreciate how the show's able to deliver these like tender and heartfelt moments but then undercut them with some humor and it, it usually works pretty well for me but as far as uh, Lou goes one of my favorite moments with him is when he discovers that He's been spending all this time in this daycare at AIM, <laughs> and then there's this teen zone, and we see the young young version, or I guess it's uh, Monica's daughter there. And you know she's initially put off by his like happy-go-lucky nature, and she puts on her headphones, and he's just like, "Whoa, I like music too." <laughs> yeah. it's just like he does, just a great job of like, <laughs> yeah, that, that that could that could come across as a little. Uh, over the top but even by the end she's obviously she does a little like smile and and smirk when he leaves to uh monica's chagrin um but yeah uh another one of those great moments where he he gets to learn a little bit and grow as a character i'm speaking about Modoc here is his relationship with his daughter melissa he learns that she actually does kind of yearn for his approval and that he can learn a lot from her especially in terms of like the social env- environment and actually navigating um this this corporate environment and actually functioning in, in a social setting so um as far as my favorite character goes though i'm really kind of like torn between monica who who i've mentioned and Austin, as as much as he's kind of that guy, like, you love to hate him, he just continually, like, gives me some of, like, the most, like, <laughs> laugh out laugh out loud moments. Just the way that, that uh, Beck Bennett's delivering those lines, just kind of, like, off the top of my head, when he's like, when Monica told me that you wanted to get the black hole gun, I was like, no way. But tragically, it turns out, it's like, yes way. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's such a, he's such a, like, an amalgamation of... Uh... Oh crap! What was the guy the guy that was in charge of Hooli on Silicon Valley? Oh, Galvin Belson. Galvin Belson, yeah. and he also has a little bit more of just like the uh, the typical uh, startup because uh, with the scarf and everything, where it's sort of like, yeah, we're gonna have to be really chill here. And but he he delivers such bad news, like in the most like positive way, while he's still yeah. like backhanding it too. So it's just like, wait, what's he? Oh, okay, I, he really is a dick, but he he he, he plays it so well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just one of those characters where it's like every time he starts talking, I'm like, please, for God's sake, change your tone in the slightest bit. I do not have <laughs> the <mental laughs> tolerance for this. just set, that, that constant upbeat attitude is just like ah. I yeah. feel like I just it, deal with it enough at work that it's like whenever I see a character like that, I'm just yeah. He makes me cringe just as much as Modoc does. <laughs>
2: yeah he tries to deliver bad news in like the the nicest way possible you know
1: i'm getting better at telling you about good news (laughs) you're promoted and you're demoted (laughs) yeah as
0: as much as he as much as he is just kind of like i mentioned one of those characters that like is so effective in, in terms of being unlikable he does function for the narrative in, in terms of his interactions with the board. And one of the major things that happened by the end of these episodes that we covered is we get the revelation. You know, we talk about obscure references to Marvel characters. Um, it re- turns out the board is, is this Hexus the living corporation, who I have absolutely no familiarity with.
2: No, again, there, there was one of those ones where he heard or I heard it, I'm like, that's a real thing? And you're looking, you're like, okay, yeah. It is. But again, if this could bring some of these characters into like the – it gets like what we did, have them look them up to see like, oh, what is this? And then you go to a deeper dive and you go – you could either say, oh, this is the reason why they're so obscure or, oh, it actually is something I could look into to just uh, get a little bit more background because it's interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. like their their introduction – at the party where they're just like up at the window it's like oh that's court what was it that's the board of directors and it's like do you think they noticed me it's just like the little thumbs down pops up <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so the little things of like him always checking up to see like what they were thinking i did really enjoy that it's like there's no dialogue whatsoever but something about their vibe and just kind of like the, the very minimal action just said so much
0: yeah yeah and that does remind me of actually we we made the uh excuse me we've made the comparisons to robot chicken and obviously it's been very much influenced by robot chicken but there was that moment in that episode where i thought far and away it was the most robot chicken moment to the point where it almost took me out a little bit but you had that character of, like, the concierge slash waiter at the retreat when Modoc checked in in the first <laughs> place. So but then when he when he was at the dinner and he'd already been embarrassed by, like, learning that the speech wasn't for him, but they have the whole, like, shtick about, like, uh, no, I, I checked in. Uh, if you've had diarrhea within the last 14 days, you can't enter the pool. And it almost felt like they had, like, the laugh track behind it and everything. Like that. I was like, yeah. This is total robot chicken vibes. It was
1: so forced, and then they did it again. It's like, I'm sorry that you weren't able to watch this pornography from this specific website, and I'm like, yep, unnecessary. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Some of the humor works better than than other other moments, but uh, let, let's get into that. Did you guys have like any like favorite throwaway throwaway moments from from the episode? Just like. Off the top of my head, uh, I really liked who was who Hoobastank? It's the the Beatles of the late '90s. <laughs> and then uh, when they when they're infiltrating the the helicarrier and he's doing the awful like Chicago a- accent, I bet that I wondered how <laughs> what you thought of that, Brian. And then he does the whole human projectile.
2: <laughs> it was yeah, it's an, it was an exaggeration. So I thought I, th- I mean anytime people mention something like that because i know a lot of times i can slip into that accent where i have like a hard a sound but when you're going that uh like hard like the super (laughs) like the the super fans type thing where it's like yeah that's a little bit too much there bob but it's 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 more recognizable it's like how they they make fun of like boston accents or new york accents and but my favorite thing
1: apart about that like the whole delivery thing i thought was you know, silly. It was whatever. But the fact that he said, like, how did you get up here? And it shows the helicopter. <laughs> I lost my shit on that part. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how did the pizza delivery go? Like, how did you let him stand there and talk for that long when pizza doesn't get delivered in the middle of the sky?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one a, another one of my favorite characters who, who didn't get as much screen time, but uh, Gary hops in there and he says he's, like, from, what, o- Ohio? But he's doing, like, i'm from ohio you saw you yeah he's an
2: actually a character i was gonna bring up now that we talk about the uh our favorite like comedic moments is uh the super adaptoid oh he, yeah, uh, yeah. so he just i just him. had to think of the fact with the one where they do the um the heist and they pretty much he wants to get involved and they just make him the van <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah just that the whole interaction with him pretty much <laughs> just wanting to be recognized by, Modoc MODOK did more. Like in the first episode, he's like, what's it? The coffee machine's not working again. And he's like, I'm not a coffee machine. A <laughs> <The> smoothie blender. <laughs> or just smooth. Yeah. And
1: then he yeah. was an alarm clock when they were in the studio apartment. It <laughs> just smacks him yeah. right on the head when the <laughs> alarm wouldn't stop. <laughs> Yeah. The, the, my my favorite from the, my favorite from the heist was when he got carjacked. He's like, "Oh no, I forgot to lock the doors."
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But those kids <laughs> were like like joyriding. him It's like like, "Why doesn't he just stop?" <laughs> Help me! Yeah. They drove by so many times. Like, save me, Modoc.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and that does remind me of another moment that got kind of just a chuckle out of me. The fact that the teenagers had a crossbow. It's just like, yeah. Oh crap! That's a crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got hit.
1: It's
2: like, it just the like, license plate. <laughs> that's the one part of it that was that wasn't part of him. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if anything else, just the uh, like the one, the not even the one liners, but almost like the the one time comedic gags hit so well a lot yeah. of times. But it doesn't like mm-hmm. take away from. It's not like a, a bit, 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 bit. It's just little things that are happening in the the process of the storytelling.
1: So, yeah, that's definitely one it. of they they take advantage of like whenever there is like a big situation they they finally have moments to where you actually dwell into what's going on and then they they find like the prime opportunities to throw in there. So I think that part of the show intrigues to me more than like the conversational dialogue as a whole. Hmm. because I feel like that's when it's just kind of like a lot of the a lot of the jokes in the dialogue just seem forced. Like yeah, I'll get a little chuckle but um, that's what's not really keeping me engaged. But when they actually do have a sequence where something is going on and they're on the main point of the episode, and they throw those one-liners in there, I, I think that clicks to me more than like the actual conversations between characters do.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's 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 fair. That might be where the the show is is most effective. I don't think it takes itself incredibly seriously in the in the first place. So
1: yeah. And especially like on the show, we talk about animated series that have like a lot of universe building and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. for me to be like as invested as I was in things like Young Justice and Invincible and the anime that we've been watching, such as Demon Slayer and My Hero, to to have to look at this with the observation of being a podcaster and reminding myself that this is... A step back from what we're doing and what i've been consuming a lot of this year sure is just kind of like dial it back it's not universe building it's meant to be silly like just fo- fo- focus on it for what it is so like it, it i feel like if we weren't doing it for the show i'm not sure i actually would have kept up with it or maybe it'll be like i have nothing to watch i'll throw on an episode real quick but for me to like sure. want to watch it back to back to back was just kind of like, I'll do it for the show, but it's... And again, like it has these entertaining moments, it's giving me moments to laugh, but it's not as engaging as like the stuff that we typically record would.
2: I definitely see that. I mean, it is meant to be the humor side, but it does have a, a bit of serialization to it where it is they're not all standalones they do it's not world building but it's just there. there is a, a through story point with Grumble with the family with the mm-hmm. the, the, the uh, corporation and stuff like that where it's not just like okay I could skip one episode because it's not going to make sense or it would not make sense if I skipped it but it's it only be in 10 episodes it's sort of like it works for what it was designed to work for I mean I never found myself saying oh, I don't want to continue watching this because it was funny enough, but it wasn't one, like Zoo said, it's not like those shows. Like when I when I watched Demon Slayer, I'm like, I'm going to watch one more. And yeah. I ended up watching five more because it just was like, I wanted to keep going on it. It's not it's
1: not yeah. binge worthy. And like, I know I'm, I'm talking a lot about how Austin and Modoc are like, they just make me cringe a lot. And that's not to say that like the show is doing a bad job of portraying them. Like I give the actors credit because that is their objective. Mm-hmm. and like they're doing a good job at portraying a character that makes me feel that way not so much that like they're bad at making the show where the actors like aren't doing good at like what they're supposed to be doing it's like you know that yeah. like sometimes you get a really good villain that when they when they do what they're supposed to do you're like I hate this person they're doing a great job at the role but like if I was in the situation I really hate this person so that's kind of like how I feel about these characters like they're doing good at what they're
2: supposed to, but that's um, how I know a lot of people that start watching like The Office. How they see like that's how they feel about Michael Scott. Yeah, it's like he, he what, you, you cringe so much with the stuff he, he's doing that it almost gets to the point where you feel uncomfortable watching it because it's so embarrassing. I guess, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from. The thing cringe make you make you cringe. That's, if that's their objective, they're doing a really good job at it. Yeah,
1: it's not because Steve Carell's a bad actor that I'm cringing. It's because he does so good at Michael Scott that I'm like, God, what is wrong with you?
2: That yeah. Thing.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we do have to keep in mind he is a mental organism designed only for
2: killing. Yeah. And... <laughs> right. <laughs> Which makes um, a lot of his behavior, you know, acceptable. Quote unquote, because that's just what he's designed for. Like, I, said, I think that's what the, the juxtaposition between that aspect and the fact that he has a family life he's trying to, you know, keep together just makes it insane. Oh, speaking of Michael
1: Scott moments, the, the funeral scene.
2: Oh, when oh, he keeps jumping, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he
1: keeps getting his Venmos and, like, in the middle of the speech, he barges in and it's like, I'm here for my best friend's funeral, and just like, Bursting through everyone, I'm gonna sit up here, and he starts crying this, in yeah, the middle. It's is like this I'm not upset is... about <laughs> him. What if I don't have a legacy? And he goes up, and just I was like, Oh no! Stop! Stop! Stop!
2: Why? And he's like, Is this where the family well, sits? And it's like yeah. uh, you've known him for like a day.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty awkward, but uh, it is a good example of what little story building and world building and like what through line there is. That is a good example of what we get there because at the the end of the previous episode is when, you know, after he has this night out with the boys with the D listers, you know, I'll include pound cakes in there too. I think she's a honorary boy there. Um yeah, you get what I'm going for anyway. (laughs) But, you know, we have Melter uh die there on the beach in one of the more heartfelt moments for the series and then we go right into this episode dealing with the funeral as, um, you know, um, unceremonious they are, and just, like, blowing up the body right in front of the poor wife there. But that is actually what kind of motivates MODOK going forward, and at the end of these, these five episodes, at the end of the episode five, he's kind of almost at the lowest point, actually, having had the crap beat out of him by Monica, and then, you know, having that really uh, sad moment in front of Tony Stark where he just actually calls him, he's like, you're actually a clown, and you know, shout out to John Hamm. I mentioned before how I thought he was kind of doing a RDJ impression, but as I've heard more from the from the performance, I, I see that I was kind of wrong. I think I did just I kind of assumed that, that that's what he was doing because I'm just so used to hearing the character. But uh, for my purposes, I will say I thought that that episode five was one of the strongest in terms of. I mentioned the the Mad Scientist fight was really great, but that also had some of, like, the funniest moments to me in terms of just, like, um, setting up humor and then having, like, an effective joke. Like, um, I think of, like, right before... Uh, actually, it's it's in right when in the middle of when Modok's in the middle of, like, having to go up this bu- bureaucratic chain, and he gives that... Um, <laughs> yeah. That presentation, and, he, and then he does the whole thing, like, black hole gun, won't
1: you come? <laughs> won't you come? Yeah. The whole build-up um, to that got really real, too. It's like, you know... Mm -hmm. You know, having to deal with like business licenses and stuff like that. It's like, can't do this till you do this. Can't do this till you call there. Oh, well, this person said that. I'm like, make it stop. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I, want, I don't having, want real. I don't want real uh, world coming into my animation. Yeah, right. <laughs> the the funniest well, thing gonna... for me
1: out of that episode yeah. was when uh, they were on the computer, like trying to change things up, and they were doing the distractions, and it was Gary's birthday. they were like, "Happy oh, yeah. birthday to," because <laughs> I didn't know whose <laughs> birthday it was <laughs> or what his name was. And then when they come back into the room and the desk was clear, I was like, okay, they made it out, but, like, you see him in the vents, (laughs) and it was like,
2: we can whisper out of this situation. (laughs)
1: I lost my shit on that. That part was really, really funny.
2: Especially, yeah, they show him moving and it's just like, how could they not tell he's in the vent? How did he get in the vent? How did they work? making so
1: much noise and you hear all yeah. the going. Uh, and that's one of those things, I, like I'm getting so lost in the moment of like what's yeah. actually going on. at a little <laughs> moment. It's kind of like, okay, I yeah. wasn't prepared for that. That was really good.
0: I've watched the episode twice in that moment. Both times is so effective it just gets me i just can't help but audibly laugh yeah the way they they build up you see doris walking down the hall and they're like on the computer at the last minute and that's when you find out that the password was desk three he had tried desk one and desk two but then that's when they moved on to other stuff and then yeah just the way they cut to the desk there's no one there and then pan up and this ridiculously stuffed vent oh man it's so good yeah so like, I don't think I
2: don't think vents expand like that, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it serves its purpose.
1: I love how like yeah. Modoc always boasts about like having a supercomputer for our brain until he actually needs a super- supercomputer for our brain.
0: Mm. It's oh, like yeah. he'll
1: boast about it in conversation, but it's like when it comes to actually like process information, it's like nah, he just shuts down. Yeah.
2: I could just yeah. imagine always going into like in the first episode where he goes into like that that sleep mode where it makes the sound like the old dial up sound. Oh, but his, right, his, right. his eyes are just bouncing around like a screensaver, like yeah, he's not paying attention. <laughs>
0: yeah. But then it, it it, pops up at the most uh inopportune times or for him opportune because he's like it's not like I'm looking at your dead husband thinking, Kaching <laughs> and then later he's like, Kaching, I just sold a couch, this is great for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Melissa, why are you on your phone? You're embarrassing me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, But talking about how they kind of like play into that where he is a supercomputer but he's kind of like the dumbest character on screen more often than not. Um, In that episode when they did the whole reveal where uh, Monica was actually one of those gigolos as well, that was just a a pretty good twist and and, um, I thought it was pretty well done and it did uh, make for a nice setup for Austin to get another laugh out of me when he's just like, oh, we decided to call them gigolos, but yeah. uh, you can't have sex with them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Especially because, yeah, you got to explain what a gigolo is compared to what an actual real-life, real-world jigolo is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, not the same thing, but it served its purpose, like they said, the, the comedic aspect of it in the show. It's mm-hmm. one of those things I mm-hmm.
1: thought I heard that word before, but I couldn't relate to what it was. I just haven't had the chance to look it up yet.
2: Uh, uh, male prostitute. Oh, exactly. okay. Use, I'm yeah, glad I
1: didn't bigolo, it.
0: Male gigolo. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. Did, did not no, need that it, on it, my d- search. Don't, don't, confer, don't, yeah, don't confuse it with a person that follows the insane clown posse, because that's a juggalo. <laughs> 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 uh, Which, that could have been pretty. funny if they called them juggalos, too. But. <laughs> Anyways, back to <laughs>
0: <laughs> um well we've we've already kind of uh, alluded to the fact that like Brian and myself we've already seen the remaining 5 episodes that we'll be covering later and and hopefully we can get um Jeff Randall of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast on for that and if not that maybe for an uh a recap of the whole season or maybe a feedback episode down the line with that in mind if uh you listeners out there do have feedback please send that to animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com but as we're as we're kind of coming to an end here did you guys have anything else you wanted to say in terms of like the characters the performances uh standout moments any any laughs that you had any
2: gripes one thing that popped to mind that i just thought of too because i was looking through the name here when um armadillo's little side story about trying to get his wife back and he goes oh, yeah. there in the mandrill <laughs> Is in the right. house, and it's like <laughs> the pixelization's like, oh, okay, I understand why this, you know, <laughs> that the whole comedic little one shot thing of that was <laughs> just just thinking of <laughs> like, oh, okay, there's some people that are just, I mean, I guess that's in, the, in a world where those things are, are you know, I don't even know what the word is, a, like an animal that is more sentient, and it's not, it's acceptable, I guess, because. She was married to an like armadillo, an, and now
0: is the anthropomorphic knows. character is what I would yeah. call it. But.
2: Yeah,
1: especially with the with the doors that only closed the first half. Yeah. Like- <laughs> he did that on
2: purpose. It's
1: <laughs> <That's laughs> how you wear a kimono. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: then uh, what, it was the uh, so while we're kind of talking about those d listers again, I wanted to bring up that uh, Bill Hader did the voice of of. Angar, the singing character, and oh, I loved um, him. Angar, the yeah, streamer, yeah,
1: Angar the yeah. screamer.
0: There at the end when they're kind of talking, when Modoc's like, ah, oh, I can't believe I let us fall asleep and we we failed. And it's like, oh, what are you talking about? We had a pretty good night. I got to see mandrals. Uh... <laughs> what are, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but I got to see mandrals.
2: <laughs> His monkey what parts. A, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the name of the band that he was in that he kept singing the one song that they had like a hit of in like the oh, 70s? I completely uh, forgot it? about that. That was Sweet hilarious. Sweet something? What was it? That's, uh, yeah, Sweetwater. Not Sweetwater. That was from uh, Almost Famous. That was Stillwater. Or Stillwater. Uh, if you can I look this uh, let's, I'll
0: look it up real quick. Let's see. The character's name was
2: Angar. The Screamer. Yes, yeah, see, I clicked it on Wikipedia, and it pretty much goes to... List of Marvel characters. Uh, mm, nothing. Hmm. It's a sweet
0: throw. leg. The '60s rock band called Sweetleg.
2: Sweetleg. Okay. Yep. So just having that little story. Every time he would break in, like they there doing a karaoke or whatever, and have an open mic, he'd start singing the song. Okay. No one wants to hear this.
0: It's like, <laughs> if you're a lyrics man, you'll appreciate the concept. All of them we did. we <laughs> He just unplugs the jukebox. yeah, yeah, "I had two
1: dollars in there.
0: <laughs> Those were my last two dollars." That's
1: just where he's at. <laughs> what did they? What did they call the bar? Just like the unnamed bar.
2: Oh no, the bar the with bar no with name. No bar with no name. With no name. Yeah. That's actually yeah. a. That's actually a bar that is, um, in, Marvel comics, used a lot is where people hang out. It's like, a, it's alluded to in a sense. Um, never really mentioned that that's the bar in uh, Deadpool,
1: but they use it a lot even oh, to this okay. day. And
2: they use it a lot to this day in Marvel Comics, the bar with no name. It's like where the people just go to hang out, and it's sort of like a like a neutral space.
0: Oh, that's cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right on. Now,
2: now, the other place where all the A-listers hung out, I'm not really sure if that's a familiar thing or a regular thing, but the Soho bar.
1: Yeah. That just yeah, makes the it seem Soho like layer. it's a...
2: That just makes yeah. it seem like it's more upscale, especially with like Mister Sinister and the leader there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Bill Hader did the voice of the leader as well. Correct. And then uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, who's uh, who's popped up on a number of shows we've already covered, um, most recently Invincible. He did the voice of Nathaniel Essex, aka Mister Sinister.
2: And also Mandrill.
0: Oh, cool! cool. <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah, when you get guys to those guys, especially because he's a huge voice actor guy, you get him in there. It's like, well, while you're here, I didn't even realize Whoopi Goldberg was pound cake.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Huh, cool. I See, think I kind of noticed them using or reusing Amy Garcia when they had the uh, the conference call and there was a delay.
0: Oh yeah, that was a, a great scene. Too. A couple
1: of the other voices seemed like her.
0: Well, you talk about bringing like the real world into your animation series, right? like, That was limited such corporate a long world experience I had. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, but it, it served the purpose for like uh, you know, getting some time.
0: Hey guys, this is Rodney. I think there's a delay.
2: Why'd you tell him to <laughs> shut up? Did you tell me to shut up? <laughs> yeah, we're here right now. Wait, who's shutting up? Uh, oh, that reminds me of like 2005's conference call if we get this new system people don't know how to use it yet people don't know that they're muted if they are muted and it's just like hey, we've been talking for 45 seconds welcome no one's listening to me what do you mean
1: 2005 <laughs> that's like now that's zoom calls now <laughs> that's fair oh speaking of uh dates they when they had the scene of like um monica killed in a, an unnamed avenger and he took credit oh, for yeah, it. And he was like, "Yeah, that was very 2009 of me." Although it is 2009, was that a reference to something specific, or? Hmm,
2: I don't remember because I know that was the ba- basically the main thing why um, she because they basically they they already they in that episode was where they showed that Monica that she was basically like a, a Modoc fanboy and that's why she wanted to come work for AIM. Right. and then he took credit for that kill and that sort of just changed her whole mind on that but that made me think, yeah, I don't know if they ever did anything because in 2009 there was no actual that was the only year where they didn't have a, a new MCU movie
1: because right? 8 was when Iron Man and Dark Knight hmm. came out, right?
2: right, and Hulk
1: I think so X-Men Origins think... came out at that time too yeah, yeah it's I wasn't <laughs> sure if there was something like specific that that was referring to I wonder if it was
0: something in the comics, because the only thing I could really um, gather from it is it looked like it was like red cloth adorning what little was left of the skull. So hmm. the candidates that first come to mind for me are like Daredevil.
2: Well, I'll look into it for the next episode.
1: Cool.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of the next episode, I think that uh, probably brings this particular edition of Animation Deliberation to a close, unless you gentlemen had anything else you'd like to bring up.
2: I think we pretty much covered the main points I was wanting to talk about.
0: Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you gentlemen for your time, and thank you to the listeners for all your support. Please leave us a uh, five-star review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast. We are still a new show, so that uh, helps us tremendously in terms of growth. We did have that five-star uh, review contest that we did in partnership with our network here, the Stranded Panda Network. So again, congratulations to KL Bucks, but we still need those five-star reviews as well as your feedback, so uh, please hit us up. Visit strandedpanda.com for... All the great shows, the network and family shows that are happening there. We are still doing our partnership with uh, the Star Wars Universe podcast for Bad Batch. And uh, we've had some discussions. I think we're going to do some standalone episodes uh, for ourselves as we're approaching the halfway mark for uh, Bad Batch. So, again, please uh, send us your feedback for that. That's animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com. And hopefully we can have some new voices on for that. Um, and I think that'll do it for me. Stay tuned. That's T-O-O-N-E-D.
1: Stay won't.: You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome.